Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Culpeper Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're joining us this morning to worship together. Um, welcome to everybody who's joining us on the live stream. We're glad that you're joining us as well. Um, let me introduce the band this morning. We have John, Danny, um, David, Sean, and Brian on the drums, and then I'm Lindsay. Um, would you stand with us as we sing, um, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus? Peace. 
So fire burns, it hurts, it can destroy. Fire also gives warmth and it gives light. The coming of Christ is both a day of judgment and a day of promise. 
two candles flickering brightly helps us remember that the coming of Christ has many meanings. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. Psalm 85, 10 through 11. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky. Please bow your heads as we pray. Dear Lord, we, uh, we come before you, Father, and we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Lord, we thank you for the season that you have given us, Lord, uh, where we can just um, prepare for the celebration, Lord, of your um, son when he came, Lord. Father, I just pray that you will prepare our hearts, Lord, that you will, um, Lord, just during the season, just really reveal yourself to us, Lord. Um, just work on our spirits, Lord. Just, uh, Father, just really just, I say, just convict our spirits and just draw us to you, Lord, um, as we just approach a Christmas day. Father, I pray that as Pastor Dan preaches, Lord, that you will just bless his message, Lord, and just bless him for the, uh, just bringing the word to us, Lord. Father, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, dear Pastor Dan, dear leaders, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. It has happened when the war started. Your church has been a reliable support for our church and many needy people. For many years, we have prayed for revival to come to our country. And it happened, but we didn't think that it would be like this. One of the secrets of the revival was the great activity of the church in volunteering and charity. The attitude towards the church has been changed in society. Today, the topic of emotional trauma is very relevant and the church is studying this topic and starting to work with people. Hundreds of Christians also joined the chaplain ministry at the front line and the hospital. Children's ministry, youth clubs, educational programs for children, refugee ministry and family centers have become very successful. Although the war isn't over yet, the church is working at full capacity, creating new projects, building new premises for serving society. We live in difficult times when the economy is down, prices are rising, missiles are flying every day and there is destruction and death. But we stand and do not give up. We want to thank the Culpeper Church for the sacrificial generosity. We thank you for standing with us. We are one family and this helps us to do one thing in the name of the gospel. May God bless you abundantly. Keep praying for us and accept our sincere greetings. That's Pastor Vassal in Ukraine. We have had a relationship with them for a good while now. And uh, we showed you Pastor Joel last week. One of the things that I, that I want to make sure we understand as we think about our Christmas mission offering and continuing to support the work in Ukraine and Pakistan and also our partners in Israel and Gaza 
is especially in Ukraine and, and, and Pakistan, the, the growth of the church has required them to do a lot of quick training with pastors trying to make sure they have enough leadership for the growth of what they're seeing. So some of the funds we are given, uh, they go mostly to help humanitarian needs, but they also go to train pastors to help respond uh, to this, the response to the gospel in those areas. So far, we've given a little over $6,000 to our Christmas mission offering. Thank you for being generous so far, and we'll continue giving. And uh, as you know, 100% of what you give goes directly to, to the Ukraine, to Pakistan, to Israel, and Gaza on the ground with people who are meeting those needs. So let's pray together for our mission partners. God, we're grateful for your grace. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for your sustaining power that uh, emboldens believers all over the world, but especially in difficult places, to keep sharing the hope of the gospel, to keep meeting needs, to keep serving others. Uh, Lord, we continue to pray for Pastor Vassal and the church in Ukraine and uh, give them courage, give them wisdom, give them relief, give them peace. Lord, as even today they proclaim your gospel in difficult places. And Lord, we're thankful for the great response to the gospel. Uh, we pray for churches to be strengthened, to be able to expand, for leadership to step up, and for all the things that need to happen as they can continue to proclaim your truth. And Lord, as we think about those great partnerships, we also remember our calling here in Culpeper to be a witness to your love and your light and the hope that we have in you. So, Lord, help each one of us to not only be generous, but be faithful and be in missionaries where you have us. In your name we pray. Amen. This next song we're singing is called Manger Throne. It's a brand new Christmas song um, that came out this year. Um, you will hear it again next week um, on our big music Sunday. Um, so if you've already heard the song, maybe on the radio and you do know it, I encourage you, please sing along with us. Um, but I hope you enjoy.
grateful for the music this morning. Uh, beautiful song, like Lindsay said, you'll hear it again next week. And I always want to take the opportunity. One of the writing credits on that song is Tony Wood, who is a graduate of Averett University, which is the greatest place on earth in Danville, Virginia, and uh, excited about that as well. We've had a good week uh, of music, and uh, if you weren't here for acoustic uh, Christmas Acoustic Cafe on Wednesday night, that was uh, good. I'm just grateful for all that are uh, folks in music are doing to, to help us have a, a great Christmas season. Reminder about our worship schedule. Next Sunday, there is one service. It is at 10 a.m. It is primarily our music service. Uh, I hope you'll come out and be a part of that. Uh, so don't come at 9 o'clock, or you can come at 9 o'clock. You'll watch them rehearse. Uh, but 10 a.m. next Sunday. And then the following Sunday is Christmas Eve. And again, pay attention, uh, be aware. We're going to do two services that day at 10 a.m. and at 5 p.m., but it is the same service both times, okay? Candles, communion, all of that will happen in both services. You can come twice, but you don't need to. Uh, we're going to do that service with Mountain View Community Church, a church we helped start uh, a number of years ago. So you're going to see every chair we own in this room uh, for both services, and we're going to have a great time. I hope you're going to invite people uh, to church over these next two Sundays. Uh, people never get, uh, never get offended because somebody invited them to church at Christmas. So think about your neighbors, your coworkers, and friends, and invite them to church. And as I always tell you, I'll give you a hall pass. If they want to go to another church, you go to, to another church with them. Let's help get people in church uh, at Christmas. Let me get your attention this morning to Matthew chapter 3. 
We're going to talk about this wonderful season of Advent and the wonderful word repentance this morning. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet of Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Advent is the season of the church year, of preparation, of waiting. It, it reminds us not to run too quickly to Bethlehem, to the Christmas story, but to spend some time in the silence of waiting, preparing for the coming of the King. And I always like to make sure that devotionally in my own life, but also together as the body of Christ, we walk through the words of John the Baptist at some point as we prepare for Christmas. And John gives us the words we need to hear. He gives us some get right words, some repent words, some repent because the kingdom of God is near words. And I want to invite us back to that wonderful word today that word repentance. And, and we need to start with a better definition of the word. Uh, too many of us think that repentance means saying you're sorry or you're really, really, really sorry for something you did, whatever that something was. And that's part of repentance. But for far too many of us, that's the only kind of repentance we've ever experienced. It's the sorry repentance, and, and it kind of will just leave you stuck in guilt and shame. But the heart of the word repentance means turning around, starting over, taking another direction, choosing another course. And when you go into that definition, it makes us all question the value or the rightness of our current direction, our current behavior, our current actions. But, but repentance is even more than that, and, and here's where I think we've missed it. Repentance is not just about the wrong that we're doing. It is much more focused on what is right and important and necessary about what we're going to do differently. Repentance always invites us forward. Repent because the kingdom of God is near. And repentance always tells us that change is needed because our actions and our lives are out of step with God's. Repentance is, really, is realizing that, that God's pointing us one way while we've been kind of focused in a different way, and understanding that we're invited to change course and go that way. And then once we name that, and that's some hard work for us, but, but once we name that, that we've been going the wrong direction and God's inviting us into a new direction, that change, that change can be a bit overwhelming. That's where I think we lose a lot of people because that change seems so overwhelming and they don't have anybody they know that has modeled that change 
for them. So where do we start when we're pointed in this direction and God's inviting us in that direction? I mean, there's so many things that we could repent of, so many things we could individually repent of, so many things we could repent of as a community, as a nation, as a world. And, and that list can be so overwhelming that we kind of just circle back to where we started. We want to turn around. We know the kingdom of God is near. We know there's a new direction, but, but where do we go? And we're overwhelmed, and we kind of just give up on the whole repentance thing. We feel like we're kind of stuck in this direction. And so we hunker down and go to Netflix and our wonderful, our wonderful series or go on social media and just keep scrolling mindlessly because we're not quite sure how to, how to turn and go in the new direction. And so knowing that that is part of, of my life and, and part of, I think, all of our lives, I, I want to get overly practical this morning with repentance. I, I don't want to be so general about repentance that, that it's so unspecific that it's not helpful. You know, calling for global-sized repentance is, is probably needed, but, but it's not really the voice I have in the world today. So, so let me just talk about three things that I think we can do that can lead us towards repentance because the kingdom of God is near. First thing that I would encourage us to do is to spend some time today. It's a rainy day. What else are you going to do? Uh, spend some time today. Spend some time this week to think about God's vision for us. I tell you, the most transformative conversations I've had in 30 years of being a pastor is just talking with people and saying, what is it? What is it that God's calling you to do? And opening up their minds and their lives and their hearts to something more than just serving on a church committee or, or doing the work of the church. It's transformative. What is it? that God wants you to be and to do. Uh, for me, I have a habit of staring out windows. Been doing it all my life. And, and some of you know that my office here is, is on the third floor, and, and I have a stand-up desk. So if you ride by the church, especially when it's dark and I'm working, you might see me staring out of a window. Promise you I'm not getting ready to jump. But I'm often thinking... I'm often dreaming. And I love Paul's words in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now, now I wish those words were more a part of my looking out the window time, but it is part of that window time. And can I ask all of us to do some of that this week? Because God's inviting us to see something beyond what we can presently see. Isaiah shared that with us in Isaiah 65, 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. God's words, God's dream about a different world. 
And so can I encourage us to do that and, and then be so bold to share your window time, to share what it is that you're asking or imagine, the, the new heavens and the earth, to share that with someone else. Because so many of us are oriented this way. And if we're going to repent for the kingdom of God is near, we need some others to tell us this is what I'm seeing. So would you spend a little time this week thinking about God's vision in your life? Second thing, a little more personal. Choose one, just one element of your life of which you would like to repent. Now, if you have a family member or a friend in here today, you, you can't write a list for them, right? No, don't, that's not what I'm asking you to do. One thing, not 20, not 10, not five, one thing that you can do that you'd like to repent, change direction, and then let's do it this Advent season. Is there an unhealthy relationship with which you want to repent or, or repair or address? Can, can we imagine using our time differently and towards better ends? Is there some practice or habit that we might take up that would produce more abundant life for those around us? Where has our path become crooked? Where have our spiritual journeys turned resting points into endpoints that make us feel comfortable and free from, from responsibility for the kingdom of God? What are we not dealing with that needs to be named and changed and challenged and nurtured and admitted to? A core part of faith is naming reality. And if we'll take time to follow the Holy Spirit's lead, we will likely find that the sins we need to repent of have to do with how we think about ourselves, how we think about others, and how we think about God. And, and that as we rethink all of those issues, our lives will be challenged and changed. God's vision for your life, one thing in your life that needs to be changed, that you need to repent of and move forward. And then the third thing, one thing in our communal life that needs repentance. And then how can you contribute to that? See, here's where I think the religious folks around Jesus got off track. They, they were all about, man, these individuals need to get it right. They, they need to repent. They need to turn their lives around. And, and the Sadducees and, and the Pharisees and the other religious leaders, they got caught up as well in John the Baptist. I mean, a lot of people were going out there to be baptized by him. And, and, and they were seeing ritual and routine out there. And, and I would tell you, people will often show up when something awakens and cause them to rethink life. I, I think that's what Pastor Vassal and Pastor Joel are seeing in the Ukraine and Pakistan. Something dramatic has happened. I'm rethinking my life. But the challenge for the religious folks in John the Baptist day 
is that they quickly went back to, if we can just do right ritual, if we can espouse the correct doctrine, that, that somehow that will change reality. And we tend to think in our day that, that if we will just like the right thing on social media that said something good about Jesus or some need in this world, that that kind of replaces our actual requirement to do something. And we think kind of the, the window dressing of our lives will somehow please God and avert judgment and set the world right. But the prophets of the Old Testament and Jesus and Paul railed. They railed against that kind of thinking because it's basically a belief in what I would call pious magic. Like if we just all act like we're religious, then suddenly the world will, train, will change. And John the Baptist said that kind of thinking leads us to be a brood of vipers. Because when ritual, when routine replaces acts of mercy, when correct belief is greater than love, then we begin to hate and exclude those who do not fit what we have convinced ourselves is the right way to do faith. And John is telling us, beware of that temptation and calling us together to bear fruit worthy of repentance. So what's one thing we could do communally to bear fruit worthy of repentance? Well, it's doing mercy. It's showing grace. And allowing that act of mercy to change our heart so that it flows to the shape of Christ's heart. I was with some people this week, and uh, they were telling me a story I often hear. Uh, they went on a short-term mission trip, and their world was changed. Now, I didn't tell them what I think, which is, you know, you can do that anywhere. You didn't have to buy, buy airline tickets, but that's fine. But it's the doing of the act of mercy that allows our heart to be changed. So spend some time volunteering at a local organization or write a check. Emily and I spent some time last night writing some checks to some organizations we love because Jesus said, where my money is, that, that's where my heart's going to be. Get to know someone from a different perspective than us, ethnically, politically, generationally, and, and work to build a relationship with them. Can we identify one communal issue and begin to pray about it daily? Open to how God might change how we do what we do. What's God's vision for us? What's one thing we individually need to repent of and move in a different direction? And then what's one thing we can do together? You know, for so long, we've kind of acted like Advent is the season where we kind of hold you back and say, now don't be running to that Christmas tree too fast. Slow down. Stop buying everything. 
Make time for church. Don't get caught up in the holiday glitz. But the point of Advent is to make room for Christ, to repent, for the kingdom of God is, hand, is at hand. And God is willing to enter into our lives and our history and take on our vulnerability and give us hope. And so many times we, we live as if God's not supposed to do that, that, that God has one job. He's supposed to sit on the top of the earth looking down on us, alternatively smiling or frowning based on our behavior and our actions. But the God we worship doesn't do that. The God we know in Jesus Christ comes down out of heaven, takes on our life, and gives us hope by, by being with us and for us, not screaming for repentance, but inviting us to abundant life and helping us see in the face of others, not a competitor for scarce resources, but our brother or a sister in Christ. If Advent is a time to slow down, it's so that we can have more authentic life, not less Christmas. So one thing you'd like to change in your life, one thing we could change together that would start moving us in a new direction. And that's my suggestion. And I'm nervous about this because some of you are going to file this sermon under the self-help section of your New Year's resolutions. But that's not what repentance is. Repentance is not a once-and-done activity, no matter what we've modeled for you in the church. Rather, the Sundays of Advent be become really a model of what all of our Sundays and all of our days should be opportunities to stare out a window, to slow down, to discern God's call on our lives, to see where we have left the path, to turn towards God's vision for us and our communities again. And maybe today is a small step, a small start, a critical first step, to repenting because the kingdom of God is at hand, to, to making our paths straight, to leading us toward abundant life. Whatever else John the Baptist was, he was first and foremost a witness to the coming of Christ. And we might struggle with the idea that repentance is for us and for our world, but but repentance is at the center of the gospel. It is what we have. It's the most positive thing we can do. Stop going in that direction and go in the direction of the kingdom of God. So here are my closing questions today. What direction is God leading you towards? And then who can you talk about that with? John the Baptist went out into the wilderness and kept telling the story, and a bunch of people came around him. I bet you if we would do something like that, you'd find a lot of people coming around you 
asking you, how do I go from where I'm pointed to the direction that your life is reflecting? Will you pray with me? God, we thank you with great joy that the kingdom of God is near and that your son came to reveal that kingdom to us. Lord, help us. Help us to do the challenging work of reorienting our lives from, from one direction to the direction of your kingdom. And thank you for the privilege of doing that work. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to join with us now and sing with the band, Lord, I Need You. Let's stand together.
seated and let me share some announcements with us uh, for the week. Today, if you haven't experienced yet, uh, downstairs in our IG space is this wonderful model railroad uh, show that'll be happening till four o'clock today. Uh, these guys are great. It's the third time we've done this and uh, love for you to spend some time down there. You can go uh, after the service might be a little early, but I'm guessing they're already uh, running trains because they love to do that. Uh, matching gift campaign as we pay down our mortgage. Uh, right now, we're a little over $43,000. Thank you for giving so far. Uh, we're trying to get to 100000 so I hope you'll take the time to, uh, to make a, a, an extra gift to our building fund, our mortgage, as we try to pay this down before it goes to a permanent loan at the end of this month. So thank you for how you're going to help us there. Community Christmas dinner tomorrow night. We've talked about this a lot over the last two months. It's at the SeaTech building. The wonderful culinary arts students there prepare the meal for us. Uh, anytime between 5.30 and 7, you're welcome to come. I'd love for you to bring somebody with you uh, that needs some encouragement at Christmas. We don't do any program. You just come in and you eat and you talk to other people. You don't even have to introduce them to me. I, ju I just want to encourage you to come and, uh, and give some people some encouragement tomorrow night. Uh, 5.30, we'll have a number of our community partners that'll be there as well at the SeaTech building. And then we're going to transform this space a couple of times this week. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, we have class with Clara with the Charlottesville Ballet, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, if you know a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old that like to be a part of this, you can still register for class with Clara. It is totally free, and uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, at Christmas. And if you don't have a three or four or five-year-old, but you want to see world-class ballet dancers and a bunch of cute kids in our sanctuary doing class with Claire, just come on out Wednesday. Uh, we'll have chairs in the back and you can kind of sit and watch it, but I hope you'll come. We've, we've loved doing this and we've done it for several years now. Gary's going to come now and talk about Friday night's Acoustic Cafe. Sure. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you this morning. Uh, before I go into Friday night, I would like to ask you folks to, when you have the chance, to thank and appreciate what you see um, Sunday after Sunday uh, on stage. We had a great time Wednesday night. Um, they all stepped forward and took part in, in uh, uh, some, some songs of the season. But the talent and the gift that they share Sunday after Sunday, be sure to thank them for doing that. <laughs> Friday night. Uh, Friday night's kind of special. Uh, you know, those of you that follow the Acoustic Cafe know that about three or four times a year we'll do a special featured concert. Um, in my opinion, this Friday night is one not to miss. We're very fortunate to have a couple of guys uh, and a special guest that um, perform a lot of music from Chet Atkins to Jerry Reed. But they'll be doing some Christmas music, they'll be doing some gospel music. Um, and in, in uh, layman's terms, um, two of the hottest guitar players you'll ever find. <laughs> so I hope you'll come out and join us. It's a way we connect with the community. It's a good way to meet folks in the community. Uh, there's a lot of them here. So um, we hope you come out Friday night at 7 o'clock and join us for a great night of music and some fellowship and some food. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. There's a lot of good things happening in the life of our church. Stay on our website, E! News. Watch us on social media. Make sure you're staying up to date with all that's happening and invite some friends with you. Let's pray together as we close.
God, again, thank you for your grace, for the joy of this time of year. Help us to walk in a new direction so that others might see the direction of the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being together in worship. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.